G'day guys and girls and welcome to a very special edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. How you doing today buddy? Not too bad yourself. Mate, it's been a pretty hot day over here in Perth, uh, okay. so <laughs> we're, we're pretty much soaking in sweat at the moment. I um, made the rookie mistake of walking over here from the office after work. Oh god. Um, <laughs> you can see sweat patches on me. I can. It's, oh, it's an interesting look, but we've got the aircon cranking so we'll get through. Now... Thanks for joining us in this week's podcast. What we're going to do is, with the AFL draft happening next Thursday... And Friday. And Friday. Oh, of course, yeah. Don't even get me started on how they've broken (laughs) it down into two days. I'm not a fan. Wait, wait, wait. They've broken it down into two days to make it more of an extravaganza, and yet haven't told anyone what the start time is. Oh, it's so annoying. Don't don't get me started. (laughs) But what we're going to do is we're going to break this down pick by pick. I've looked into the crystal ball, and I'm going to have a... I've had a bit of a think through. I've watched way too many hours of footage, read way too many statistics, and I'm going to pick the players that I think each club should go with. So, just to clarify, this is not a phantom draft. It's not a prediction of who's actually going to each club. Mm-hmm. This is your, if you were the recruiting agent at each club, who you would be taking. Exactly. So, I've looked at so each club's draft, not yeah, a phantom. Each club's needs, uh, seen where they've got holes, and what sort of player they should be looking at. Now, Obviously, you know, guys like Cal Toomey, uh, Chris Doerr, those sorts of guys have a lot of sources in the industry. So when they do their fandom drafts, <laughs> there's a lot of actual information in there. Yeah. Uh, this is just who I think the best players for each team will be. And yeah. we are going to maybe touch a little bit on the fantasy relevance of some of these players. But just to give you a bit of heads up, uh, we are coming back for an additional podcast before Christmas, after the draft, mm-hmm. where we'll really dive into the fantasy relevance of these young draftees. Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot more sense to do it then when we actually know what club they're at, because that does have a bit of an impact on their fantasy relevance. Oh, it's got a huge impact. I mean, you know, there's a massive difference between going to Gold Coast and going to, oh, I don't know, Collingwood, for oh, example. I was going to say any other club. <laughs> any other club in the league. <laughs> or Gold Coast. All right, well, shall we dive straight into it then? Let's do it. No right. pressure. You've been uh, you've been looking forward to this, actually. You've been I messaging really me on and off. <laughs> I really have. And I've already had to pre-warn Matt that he is not allowed to Gil McLaughlin this and yell out, pick one, pick two. Pick number one. No. I've Carlton. T- mate, <laughs> mate, I've told you, you are not allowed to do this. All right. All right. Well, we'll Let's dive straight in. Pick number one, Carlton Football Club. It's my line. Now, it is, it is not your line. <laughs> it is my line. All right. So... Uh, I mean, this was actually a bit of a toss-up for me, realistically. A lot of people have got one player in particular as a front-runner. That is the player that I've gone with in the end. They're going with Sam Walsh, midfielder. Now, Sam Walsh is probably one of the classiest players that I've seen at underage level in a long, long time. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of player comparisons, uh, and I know you're not a massive fan of player comparisons either, but if I was to pick one for Sam Walsh, it would be something of the ilk of... Scott Pendlebury, as an example. He's just a classy inside midfielder. He finds the ball on the outside. He's got good skills. I mean, you know, and he's a great leader as well. And he can run all day. He's a guaranteed 250-game player, basically, which is really rare in the industry. Like, There's not a lot of players that you can say, I know that this guy is going to be one of the greats for my club. Um, and, And that's the sort of player that Carlton need. Now, the... Other side of the coin here is, and I think we can probably get straight into pick two because they reflect each other yeah, a little I bit. Think so, yeah. Pick two for the Gold Coast is Jack Lacocious. I mean, this is a pretty obvious one to me as well. Uh, Jack Lacocious is, I mean, 
I, I hate dishing out so many superlatives so early, but he's the best forward that I've seen in the draft for such a long time. He can do absolutely anything. I've never actually seen a forward pinpoint kicks like him. Mm. I mean, he's a great shot at goal, which a lot of forwards are, don't get me wrong. But he can pinpoint players on the lead like no one else can. Like, Yeah, I looked at a little bit of vision of both of these guys, and yeah, he's... Really nice kicks, really good vision, good composure, mm-hmm. um, reads the play well. Um, and I could be talking about either one of them there. But. Yeah. And now, if I was actually, if almost any other club had pick one apart from Carlton, I would be going Jack Lacocious with the number one pick. Mm-hmm. The reason I didn't go that with Carlton is because they have a ridiculous amount. They've got a stockpile of young key forwards. Absolutely do. I mean, they've got. Um, Kerno, McKay, McGovern. McGovern. I um, forgot about McGovern, actually. McGovern. And then down back, they've got... Um, oh, they, they've oh, got... Plowman, Wietering, March Bank. March Bank. Um, oh, did they, they end up delisting Sam Rowe? I think they might They have. delisted Sam Rowe. Um, they've, they've got a couple of others back there yeah. as well. but all, And they're all in a similar age bracket is the main yeah. thing. So... When Carlton are pushing to get back into finals in like four years, three, four years, those players are all going to be a similar age. Yeah. You don't realistically need another key forward on top of that, as good as Jack Lacocious well, is. Although, looking at him, he's not a traditional key forward in terms of size and build and crashing packs. No, he's not. He's not a, a key marking forward, contested marking no. forward. But he is like a Buddy Franklin type. Yeah. I mean, it, that, and that's a good player to compare him yeah. to as well. Because he will get up on the lead, he will take marks. Buddy Franklin hasn't realistically taken a whole ton of contested marks over his career. No. He's done it more recently. The last couple of years he's been a yeah. lot better at it, but historically, not as true. It was all about athleticism, power off the mark. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, like I said, Jack Lacocious would have been my number one pick, but for Carlton, Sam Walsh is a much better they fit. They absolutely need to beef up the midfield, so yeah. I, I like... Walsh at pick one. I like Lukosius at pick two. All right, we'll, miss, we'll go to pick three. We will. That's interesting as well, being another Gold Coast pick. It is. Um, and for me, they need a game breaker. They need someone who will actually like rip a game apart and has that little bit of X factor. Isaac Rankin is the perfect player. As soon as I said game breaker, you started writing down the name, which I love. Yeah, <laughs> Isaac Rankin. I mean, no one can influence a game as much as as he can in this draft club. He can just turn a game on its head. He's so classy. He's got so much X-Factor. Um, he's a ready-made forward as well. So he'll slot straight into the best he'll 22 for Gold Coast. Next year. Yeah. Um, and, and, and considering the lack of quality mids that they've got, mm-hmm. I, it wouldn't surprise me if he spends a fair bit of time rotating through the midfield next year as well. Yeah. It's, and he's just ready-made for AFL, which I love too. So And, and as soon as... Um, uh, you know, maybe in three, four years' time when he's got a little bit of games under his belt, he'll be pushing into the midfield because he does have the ability to win his own ball as well. Yeah, so yeah. he's elite, a great Elite pick-up. skills, good jump, um, good kick at goal, knows he's, when to step up, got the composure. Yeah. And like you said, can break a game open. I like it. I love it. All right. Pick two and three, I also like the fact that two South Australians. That's a, that is a really so good point it, as well. It supports the, well, I guess it negates the go-home factor a little mm-hmm. bit. Um I think that that's probably the correct two picks for pick two and three. Yep. I also would have taken the King brothers there for a similar rationale of keeping them together. Yes. And you're bookending your club having lost Tom Lynch and Stephen May. That was definitely something I tossed up. Yeah, I've been thinking about it for weeks now. I think 
you made the right decision though. I like the picks that you've got, mm-hmm. but I can really see the argument for the King brothers there as well. Yeah. But so you're just giving up too much it's, with it's Lukosius almost, and Rank. It's almost a crime to let Lukosius slip to pick four for it me. Is, it it yeah. is an absolute crime to ha- if, if that happened. Um, all right, we are going to go to pick four St. Kilda. This is the one that really breaks open the pack for me mm-hmm. because the top three are almost settled with a lot of, um, you know... Uh, AFL scribes out there. There's a slight argument of what order they go in, but those will be the top three. Mm. So, uh, number four, two St. Kilda, your boy, Connor Rose. I like this pick here. Connor Rose. Now, a lot of people out there, and all right, maybe we'll wait until a little bit later and I'll just talk about Connor Rose. (coughs) Connor Rose is... Just is a it fantastic Rosie. Rosie, Rosie. Oh, no, I have absolutely no idea. I, I don't know either. I'm no, it's, it's. We'll wait until BT pronounces it and then just go with that, shall we'll we? We'll go with the opposite of that. <laughs> so Connor Rose, he's a classy forward, which is exactly what the Saints need. He's got that X factor about him. Yep. Um, he can push into the midfield, play on a wing if you need him to. But yep. for the first part of his career, you'd imagine that he's play as a, a pressure forward with yep. you know the ability to kick a few goals. Yeah. Um, what I really like about that working with the Saints as well is it will allow Gresham to push more into the midfield. Exactly what I was going to say. Mm. He's And getting Gresham into the midfield is really important for the Saints next year. He's got me. a lot of class. Yeah. And he's got that more mature build that he can actually hold a midfield spot mm-hmm. better than he would have been for the last few years. But you're not losing anything moving him there because Rose, Rosie... Whatever, whatever, however you pronounce is. it, he's a gr- he's a great young kid. He's another guy, great mark, mm-hmm. um, strong skills, good composure. And you'll probably find if he's playing full time up forward, not only does it free up Gresham for a few more minutes, but it might even free up someone like Jack Billings to I play think, a little bit more I through the midfield as well. Yeah, because he can do something that they both of those players probably can't. He can take a high mark. He's got a he's really good mark mm-hmm. and good anticipation for marks as well. Yeah. He, um, he finished in the top 10 at the draft combine for a lot of tests. I mean, there was the um, uh, the vertical jump test, agility test. He was second overall in 20-meter sprint. I was going to say, he's pretty fast as well, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, I mean, he's not slow. So he's the perfect sort of player that they can build their forward line and maybe eventually their midfield around because the Saints. you look at their midfield, it's very one-dimensional. It really is. Um, and he, I love Connor Rosie. He is a spark. Yeah. He's a spark. I like him. Yeah, so, I like that pick as well. All right. I, I don't like the fact that we're agreeing on a lot of these because last year's last year's you argued so much with a few of my picks. We'll see what about the later I think ones. We'll get there soon. Okay, number five, Port Adelaide, Max King for me. Now this is an interesting one, mm, and is, yeah. I will argue my point here. Now Max King is, I mean, he's a prolific talent. Two hundred and two centimeters. Um, he's athletic like almost no one else in the draft for someone of his size. I mean, he can. Pick a uh, ball up cleanly off the ground, just as as well as he can take a high mark, and ki- he kicks very well on goal too. Mm. Um, the big thing, obviously, that has been talked about this year is coming off the ACL injury. Yep, um, it it does damper his hopes. I mean, he was he looked was t- at as number one. Yeah, he was yeah. In, the, in the conversation. And a lot of people say, "Oh, don't worry about the ACL; he's still young." I don't think you can say that. You do have to think about that because ACLs are a big deal. Mm. Um, I mean. We've seen a lot of athletes, uh, you know, I mean, off the top of my head, someone like Nick Nanui really struggle after an ACL. Um, So Max King, got to keep that in mind, but he is such a good player. Now, for Port Adelaide in particular... why do you think he's a good fit for Port? I'm curious about this. All right, so Todd Marshall is their number one sort of uh, young key forward that they will be looking at the the future future to. He is a, you know, really important player to them. Charlie Dixon is actually... 
Uh, 28 going on 29 next it was year. It foundation play for the Suns. Absolutely. I think he kicked their first ever goal. I keep forgetting how uh, that the Suns are an older club. They've been around for a fair few years now. I keep thinking that they're only three or four years yeah, old, like in my mind. Club, but they have been around for a few years They're now. They're older than I think. So, I, you know, when I think of Charlie Dixon, I think, oh, he must be only 24 or something like that. He's 28 going on 29 next year. Mm-hmm. By the time Todd Marshall is looking at being at the peak of his career, when he's around 24, 20, 24 plus, that's a good sort of age for key forwards, uh, Charlie Dixon is going to be retired. Charlie yeah, Dixon will be 32 plus. They don't really have another key tall who will break open games and be a like an absolute you know statue for them. They did recruit Sam Hayes last year. Yeah, he's a ruckman. Is he though? Yeah, he's, because he's, there was a lot of lot of debate last year of whether his best position is as a key forward that can pinch hit in the ruck or if he's a ruckman. Having uh, seen a lot of his footage last year, his best forward is or his best position would be as a pinch hitting ruckman. So yeah. he will be playing. Uh, you know, obviously they bought Scotty Lyset in this year. Yep. Uh, when Paddy Ryder retires, Sam Hayes will be looking to come in. Oh, so right. Lyset will be the number share. one. Exactly, do yeah. that timeshare. Max King would be an amazing key forward to stick. So if you have them in tandem with Todd Marshall and Max King, if Marshall comes on like mm-hmm. we think he will, that will be just twin pillars and absolute powerhouse. And we've seen this year with the West Coast Grand Final that you... I mean, it is incredibly effective to have two key forwards. If they're really good ones, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. And that's where I think Max King and Todd Marshall going to be game breakers okay, for the rest of their working. career. And I, Westhoff's even older than... Um, exactly. Well exactly. At that point, and he's probably the, the second mm. marking forward at the moment. So, But it's a little bit of best available at that pick, a little bit of looking to the future, yeah. and a lot of loving what Max King can bring to the yeah. table. Question off the cuff, then. Are you a fan of best available or needs? You do need both. You do need to take both into account. So there's a point where you can say, right, you know, there's a clear distinction between the tiers yep. at this point um, in the draft. So, you know, you just take the best available maybe at that point. Yeah. Uh, but if you've got similar-ish players um, who you would rank in a similar tier, you need to take your team's needs into account. Yeah. I mean, realistically... If you've got a ridiculous amount of inside midfielders at your club, you desperately need a key forward. Just because the best one, available is an inside mid. An inside mid doesn't mean you should necessarily take him. If the key forward is just a little bit of a reach, maybe you take him and take a risk on it and try and you know, back in your club's development program. Yeah, I'm probably similar. Particularly in the first round, I think you go best available. Particularly mm-hmm. in that top tier of the first round. Yeah, it's, and it's, then it's, it's more of a needs base after that. It's much like fantasy drafting. You break it into tiers. Yeah, so, I agree. Um, Alright, so my ne- next pick. Yep. Uh, oh, actually, no, I'll just touch quickly on this. Everyone is saying Max King should... St Kilda will be taking Max King. At pick number four, because he's a Saints fan. He's, he's been training there. Yeah. Um, I think that's a terrible mistake if they do, because they have a ridiculous amount of tall forwards. They've got Paddy McCartan, who they still want to back in. They've got, you know, youngster Rowan Marshall. They've got Tim Membry. They've got Josh Bruce. They've yeah. got... There's a fifth. There was someone else that played a lot this year. And I can't quite remember. Battle. Josh Battle. Um, yeah, Battle. Yep. So that's five tallish forwards yeah. that they're looking to. Yeah. You can't have six in the one team. No, you can't. But I guess, do you reckon, how many of those guys do you reckon are actually going to take the step to be game breakers? That's well, the question. It's not It's not what I think, it's what they think. If they, and I've seen a lot of articles coming from St Kilda <coughs> saying that Paddy McCartan's ready for a killer year, you know, they Josh Bruce is coming back from a leg break, you know, all these things. If they take Max King with their first pick, they're basically saying, we messed up. 
we messed up with a few of these picks. So either you're back in your team, and I think you know. But, but if you genuinely think you did mess up, I don't see anything wrong with admitting also, that. I'm like, it, it's a more foolish proposition to mm. back yourself in when you know you've messed up. Also, I do think it would be a mistake taking Max King over Connor Rose. Connor Rose for me is a better pick. I think he fits their needs more. And and does fit Saints' I, needs more. I agree with you, but I have been coming more around to the idea of Max King there because, as you said, just how good a player he could be. Mm-hmm. I think he has more potential than any of those other guys you just listed. Yeah. So he would clearly improve their forward line. Having said that, do they really need him? Yeah, exactly. And, it's that, a, and it's a tough decision. Mm. Um all right, and, and people get paid a lot of money to make that decision as well. No, much, much smarter people than us. Um, all right, number six for Gold Coast. This one was a pretty easy pick for me. Bailey Smith. Bailey Smith is probably the hardest working draftee in this year's crop. I mean, he trains like every single day. I think he actually had to got told by the club doctor at one stage to hold back on training so hard because well, I think he that's was why he injured his Achilles this year was just overwork. Mm, yeah, he's he was just working himself into the ground. Mm. Um, now, it's not just that. I mean, you want someone around the club, and especially Gold Coast, yep. who's going to set the standards, but he's powerful. You know, he's mm. strong in the contest. He's yep. a good, pretty decent size at 185. He'll probably grow a little bit more than that. Yep. He's ready to play. 83 kilos. He's got a decent-sized body on him. Yep. I mean, he's going to play in his first year. Gold Coast need players like that, like Rankin, like Bailey, yep. like Lacocious. He can step straight into the midfield. He's got burst. He's got... Um, Good skills, mm-hmm. hard tackle. His yeah. endurance is first class, Bailey Scott as well. Yeah. Uh, Bailey Scott, sorry, Bailey, Bailey Smith. Yeah. His um, speed isn't top notch from memory, is it? Uh, no, that's probably the good, one query on him. Burst, though. Clubs can work on it yeah. a little bit, and I doubt he he's not going to be one of those you know incredibly fast players. But, but he does have a bit of burst from uh, from he, the clearance. He can burst out and then mm-hmm. hand it off to someone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's uh, is it. It's it's a little bit like Luke Shuey, almost like Luke yeah, Shuey, okay. like one of those guys who he over those first ten to fifteen meters, he's got that burst of speed, can accelerate away from you. Yep. A lot of players in the comp are probably going to be able to chase him down on the run. Yeah, but the endurance is really going but to drag him. That's probably the only knock on him, really, isn't mm. it? Oh no, he's he's a terrific young player. I love Bailey All Smith. All around, everything else is really good, and and racks it up. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I, th- like I think that that's one. a great pick. For, and those three picks though in the top six: Lukosius, Rankin, and Bailey Smith. I think that sets them for quite a little while. If they can hold on to those players, that you can build a team around that. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Especially with players already in the midfield, like Will Brody, like Braden Fiorini. Yeah, um, Dave Swallow's still got some years mm-hmm. in him. You know, um, Ainsworth will probably turn into the midfield at some yep. point. Bose has been slowly building. Yeah, exactly. I, they've got a they've got a lot of hope if they can just keep the team together. If they can build a culture, that's what they need. Um, all right, so the next pick. Uh, now, it'll be the Bulldogs, but the Bulldogs are having a bit of a think about their forward line in the future and thinking, right, you know what? I'm going to put a bid in on uh, Nick Blakey. Yeah, like now, we, we want to take Nick Blakey because he would really shore up our forward line. And also, they love that sort of player that can play in two roles, and Nick Blakey can oh, play through ever? the midfield. Do they ever? Um now, Sydney are going, right, no, done. Well, we're, we're matching that bid easily. Yeah, easy. So it takes one of their picks in the 20s to do so. Uh, I think it's around about 26, 27. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they'll match that with no hesitation. Nick Blakey is an absolutely amazing player. I mean, like I said, he can play as a key forward. Yeah. Or he can. he's played through the midfield. Yeah. Like, 
wing midfield. Yeah, I think he's, he's, he's played one, a little bit of intercepting mm-hmm. defender as well. He's one hundred ninety-four or something like that centimeters. Like, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, um, he, he can play anywhere. Uh, like, and, and I agree. He he probably is exactly the sort of player that the Bulldogs would look at that pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree, Sydney will jump. And, and match it, no hesitation. Yeah. And he was so powerful in the clearances as well when he was playing through the midfield. I mean, uh, and there's <laughs> there's absolutely no chance Sydney aren't matching whenever he gets bid on. If he was bid on with the first pick, they will match that with whatever <laughs> draft picks they have. Um, yep. and, and they should. They absolutely should. Um, <laughs> so they've, Sydney have picked up a lot of bargains recently with their oh, academy. They, their academy's really ridiculous. For All right, so the it's back to the Bulldogs here. And, you know, I think they're going to shore up one of their key position spots here. I think they're going to shore it up long term. They've got Aaron Norton down there, but you know Morris isn't getting any younger players like of that ilk. They're going to go with Ben King. Um, now the second of the King brothers, he plays more of more as a defender. He played more uh, in defence at a younger age because this year with Max being injured, he really played a lot up forward, mm. and he showed a lot. He kicked multiple bags through the under 18s and also the TAC Cup. Yeah. Um, he was absolutely outstanding all year. Just really consistent, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and he's got that big reach as well. He's almost as tall as his brother. I think he's 200, 201 centimeters or something like that. Yeah, he's a big lad. Um, you know, he, if you're building a defense for the future around Aaron Norton, who finished, I think, in the top five of the Dogs Best and Ferris this fifth, year, yeah. um, and also Ben King. See, I'd probably be starting him forward. And, and that's the other thing you could because do. They you don't can start have key him. Forwards. You can bring him in as a key forward. He's a very versatile I player. I mean, besides Shaqy, but the jury's yeah, but, still out on Shaqy. Yeah, so. and, and it is. I mean, do they have any other key forwards? No. And really? Red, Redpath retired. Redpath did, or, or was uh, delisted. I think, I think it was injury related. Um, they've got Tory Dixon, but he's a bit undersized. He's not a key forward. Um, he just plays tall. Yeah, it's. It really is a hard one. So, but for me, I Ben King is a fantastic player. Versatile. He's. Almost as, I mean, obviously, dealing with the injury for Max Kim, I'd say he'd um, be just as athletically gifted as his brother. Um, It just so happens that Max was dominating games in his underage (laughs) year. I mean, he was ripping them apart, kicking huge bags of goals. So that's why I rank him a little bit higher. Yeah, Um, but Ben has shown that he can do that this yeah. year I, I, I just I'm, I'm yeah. a really big fan of the I, right. unfortunately I like this pick as well I can't really argue oh my much. god oh, this is real this is actually really good for me I've never I've never <laughs> never impressed you with my picks we'll get there we'll in get our there. years of drafting alright uh, number 9 for Adelaide this was a, an interesting pick for me and I did go sort of best um, not necessarily best fit but best, best available here yep, um, and I went with Jai Caldwell Jai okay. Caldwell is... Uh, I don't know if you've read too much about him. He has been sneaking up just a little bit. He's been um, building, yeah. But he's a massive, bullocking midfielder. He's powerful at the stoppages. I mean, contested ball uh, and also tackling. Mm. Like, he, he he averaged very well for tackles this year. Um, he's underrated in terms of his ball use as well. He's mm-hmm. He does actually have pretty good, clean skills. Um, you know... He suffered a bit of a hamstring injury this year, which had a couple of hamstrings, which set him back. Yeah, but his talent just shines through when he's on the field. Um, now, the reason I say not necessarily best fit because Adelaide do have some inside mids: Matty Crouch, Brad Crouch, Roy Sloan's still got some years in him. Those yep. sorts of players. But he's just such a good player. But, I mean, it's interesting because 12 months ago, the argument was that Adelaide didn't have enough midfielders to That's really a, contend. And they do mm-hmm. still need some midfielders. And, I mean, they unearthed some mm-hmm. that sort of got them going and filled in when 
Brad Crouch was out for the entire year and Sloan mm. was injured for significant portions of the year. Yeah. I mean, they, they had some guys that stepped up, but is, is that query on their list really still gone? Yeah, exactly. And I don't think it necessarily is. They do need to build up some midfield depth. And class. And yeah, and Jai Caldwell is all class. I mean, I, I really like the look of this kid. So uh, I think we'll push and, on. And so, question though. Yeah? How... Because there's the obvious romanticism of going a Hateley or someone for them. Yeah, for, to pick a South Australian player. How close was he in your thinking? Uh, he To be honest, he wasn't close uh, in my thinking. There was another player um, that was very close in my thinking for Adelaide, mm-hmm. uh, but that wasn't one of the South Australian players. Yeah. Um, now, they obviously the SA teams did push up the draft order. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I think they were pushing up to try their best to snare one of... Uh, Rankin, Lukosius, or Rosie. Yep. Those were the three that they were targeting because there is a fair drop-off in terms of oh, a skill down to Hately. Yeah. The tier conversation. Um, yeah. So, for me, Jai Caldwell is the top of the next tier below that probably top eight that we've mm-hmm. been looking at. I mean, maybe he sneaks into the top eight. Um, Jai Caldwell makes it a nine. Yep. He's that good for me. Um, so we'll push on to the next pick, yep. which uh, is GWS, and they'll be delighted that this guy slipped down to them, Jordan Clark. Um, mm-hmm. Now, obviously, they've lost Nathan Wilson a couple of years ago. Zach Williams is just coming back. Heath Shaw isn't getting any younger. Um, uh, I think they've got another young rebounder, but hasn't quite proved himself yet. Uh, Shipley? <clears throat> or... Yeah, it might be Shipley, actually. I think Finlayson. you're right. Yeah, Finlay. Yeah, true. Could be Finlayson. Um but, but he, this is a different. This guy's a different he type of player. He is an absolute. Like, if I've ever seen anyone play almost like Shannon Hearn, it's this guy. Like, he. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't look anything like him, obviously. He still has hair. He does still have hair, but um, he's such a good user off halfback. I mean, his ability to pinpoint players through the middle to set up attacks is fantastic. Just what GWS need for me. I mean, obviously, they need some midfielders to replace some guys that they lost, mm-hmm. but Jordan Clark is too good to pass up, and he really has bolted up the draft order as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, there, and there's, there's a lot of conversation linking him to GWS as well. So. Oh, to Adelaide as well? Is that... No, no, to GWS. Oh, no, no, because he's gone to GWS. So, Oh, sorry. So, I'm apologies. Saying. So, there's a lot of talk yeah, yeah. backing me up. I'm, uh, I'm surprised that you were backing me up then. <laughs> I automatically I thought you were trying to... argument. <laughs> I wasn't trying to cut you down this, year, this thought, time. Thought you were back-talking me. Um, so, uh, and J- Jordan Clark was the player that I was also thinking of for Adelaide. I really think they could mm. use a classy distributor off halfback because as much as... Um, you know, Brody Smith, there's injury issues there. There's a little bit yeah. of a worry. Um, they've got, uh, obviously, um, Rory Laird, who is a good distributor, but is more of an accumulator off halfback. Yeah. Um, I think Jordan Clark would be an amazing fit for them, but Jai Caldwell would be better. Okay, interesting. Um, I would have thought they probably would have had enough distributors in halfbacks, but uh, anyway. We're... They've got they've got a lot of, you know, floating players, Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Um, players who you could say are a halfback or a half forward, maybe play on the wing. That's true. Um this guy will should be a halfback for his entire career. I mean, he's he's just a great uh, user of the ball. Um, so the next pick uh, is another one of the SA clubs. And, I mean, player you mentioned just before, Jackson Haley. So this is where I see him fitting in. Great pickup for Port Adelaide. They get a, um, a hometown kid. Um, he's a good, strong-bodied mid. Um, he can play a little bit forward. He can play a little bit back. He's really yep. versatile. 
Um, I think that's, that'd be something good for Port Adelaide because they've got they, a lot of slow midfielders. They, and they also love the versatile mm-hmm. um, mid-forwards. Um, he's ready to jump straight in, and obviously Port Adelaide are, are still in that mode where they think they can be contesting after all those trades last year. Yep. Um, uh, it's probably downside, he wasn't particularly great at the Combine. Um, he didn't really impress anyone. Uh, no, but I, I don't think physical attributes is his strength. Mm. It's his contested ball work exactly. and his leadership yeah. and his just sort of toughness. Yeah, I, I mean, I really rate this kid. Um, like I said, he probably doesn't jump up to quite as high as a couple of the others in there. No. But he's he's just, you know, a really solid player and, like, like I say, a it's, South Australian boy. He's a little bit Ollie Wines-esque. Yeah, you could probably of say that. sort of... I don't know. It just reminds me, not yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's um, it's a hard sort of one to to try and weigh up for Jackson Haley there. But um, look, he's got a decent ability to find the ball on the outside as well. So he mm. spreads from the pack really it's well. Probably a bit of a difference, um, there, yeah. which is slightly different to some of the other players in mm. um in Port's team. Um, and he was very consistent in the Sandful last year as well, yeah. and that's something they really like too. Um, so the next pick there, um, now GWS is thinking, right, we need to replace some of our mids. Um, we want a really strong bodied mid, really hard tackler. Um, we're going to put a, uh, a bid on Taron Thomas, mm-hmm. uh, Tasmanian lad. Um, he is linked to, uh, North Melbourne through the, uh, Academy, I believe. Um, and North Melbourne are snatching him up. There's absolutely no question about that. Some people will say that Taron Thomas might go a little bit later, but it's difficult to pick where he's going to go. It, it is, but for me, um, I mean, he's just such a good bullocking midfielder. I mean, he rarely loses a contest. Um, and the other thing is, he's got a good mix where he has real speed and agility as well. Yeah. Um, that's something that sets him a little so, bit apart. So taller than I thought as well. Mm. So I had kind of pictured in my mind that he was a bit of a small forward who can rotate through the mid, mm-hmm. but he's actually quite a large... Oh no, he's like it's and it's all about tackling and that sort of stuff. Yeah, and he's inside, a, he's a big, strong player that yeah. can and he takes overhead marks and kind of does everything. Yeah, he's a bit of a one-touch player. Sometimes he doesn't rack him up quite as much as as you would hope. He could build on that, but mm. he's just so classy. Um, he's a cle- he's one of the cleanest players in the draft. Um, probably one thing is fitness. Um, he doesn't mm-hmm. quite have a massive fitness or endurance base. You can build that, you can build that up quite easily. And it's. I don't think he'll be playing first year too much for the Kangaroos anyway. No. Um, but I think that's a great pickup for the Kangaroos there, which leaves GWS still feeling that they need to you know, pick up another midfielder. And I think they've got a really good find in Riley Collier-Dawkins. Yeah. Um, now, this guy is an absolute bull. Um, will really help out inside after having lost, you know, um, obviously... Uh, um, Shield, yeah, Scully. Shield. Uh, uh, I mean, Scully's more of an outside. He didn't play too much anyway. Um, Taranto and Hopper, you'd think, will get a few more inside mid, uh, minutes. But Riley Collier-Dawkins is something like really a really big body that you can put into contests, and he will win that ball most of the time. Yeah, um, He's sort of shown his shown uh, his sort of skill in flashes a little bit mm-hmm. um, but he's had like he was averaging 20 disposals or something like that um, across the underage comp um, and for me I just think he's the the perfect thing that GWS need so 
Cool, uh, cool. Is, now he the, the queries on him obviously are that he doesn't win a lot of the ball, mm-hmm. and he's still figuring out exactly how to actually use his body because he he had a bit of a growth. Spurt he did have a growth spurt. It's uh, and he can play a little bit up forward as well. He can take a strong mark, okay, so and that could just be because he's underage, playing against smaller players. Yeah, so there's a bit of untapped potential there mm. as well. Um, um, but I, I still think that he would be a really good fit for GWS. Well, it, what it does is it probably gives him a little bit of time to develop because mm-hmm. they, even though they lost some really good players in the trade period, yeah, they like like you said, Taranto and Hopper are the guys that are naturally going to you think take some of those midfield minutes. So it gives him a little bit of time to develop mm-hmm. and and work on those things that I just identified. Yeah, I can completely agree. So um, I think he would be a good fit there. Uh, now we'll move on to the next pick, which, uh, including those uh, academy bids, is number 14 for Geelong. I've realised as well we haven't actually been counting what number we're up No, to. that's okay. <laughs> I am. Uh, so number 14 for Geelong. Uh, now, this was a really interesting one mm. because, you know, Geelong do have a lot of, like, needs. Um They've got, you know, some older key position players. They've they've only really got one key forward. Um, they've obviously a lot of the key forwards and key position players that are of the top tier went much earlier in this draft. Yeah. I think they could really use, especially after losing Menzel um, and not getting what they wanted out of Menzel, a classy forward, a classy half forward who can mark, who can cause headaches. Mm-hmm. Um, something a little bit different to what Dalhouse can do because Dalhouse is more of a pressure forward. Oh, I see him being a pressure forward, um, yeah. And I think Geelong will take Curtis Taylor. Okay, interesting. Curtis Taylor, for me, I rank this kid so highly because he's the sort of player that I think that coaches would, like, have headaches about, like, in the future. They will really worry about coming, like, matchups with Curtis Taylor because... And he is that sort of Mark Lacroix-type player where he can play Mm. small, he can crumb the ball and kick classy goals, but he can lead up, take marks, he can take strong marks as well. Um, And he's such an accurate kick... Like, there's... I mean, Mark Lacroix is probably the perfect person to compare him to, actually, because, um, yeah, he's he's just a really great half-forward package. Uh, he's not as fast as you might hope him to be, uh, mm-hmm. but he doesn't necessarily need to be because he's not playing that exclusively small, crumbing forwards role. No, um, he's more of a medium forward. Ex- exactly. Like a... a um, what's the word you use? It's escaped me, but one of those... Ones where they just do the unexpected and yeah. that little X factor type thing. Yeah, um, and like I say, I I just I feel that he's a perfect sort of fit for Geelong. Like they did pick up a couple of young uh, inside mids last year, um, uh, but you know I I think that he would be a real like uh, improvement to their forward line. So. Uh, if I was Geelong, I'd be incredibly happy to pick up Curtis Taylor and develop him over years to come. And I think that you're quite right in that they need something extra in their forward line mm-hmm. um, because it's kind of a little bit of a a one-trick pony with... With Tommy Hawkins? Tommy Hawkins. Yeah. A two-trick pony if Danger's playing forward. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, and yeah, Menzel was really their second avenue to, to goal, mm-hmm. but obviously gone now, so... Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I, I do like Curse Taylor there. All right, now Adelaide, uh, like I mentioned before, I do think that they would do well with a like a classy rebounding defender. Um, so they're going to put a bid in on Isaac Quainer, uh, mm-hmm. and Isaac Quainer, of course, linked through to Collingwood through the academy, is again getting picked up, no problem. Yeah. So Isaac Quainer goes at pick fifteen to Collingwood. Uh, I mean, he's a really, really quality young player. Um, he's just reads the play so well. 
Um, he he has clean disposal. He spots up players incredibly well. Um, Can one play of, tall or small, mm-hmm, which is uh, really really handy. Quick as well. He's mm-hmm. really quick. Um, he's he can play forward if you need him to a little bit, um, and he's a pretty good set shot too. Uh, but you know he's one of, like Jason Johannesson almost. He's a he's a really offensive defender, mm. um, and he can break the line too. So. It's not necessarily that Collingwood need that, but having been linked oh, to Collingwood so closely, too good for them he's to too good go. for them to pass up. So, yeah. um, And he might have gone a little bit earlier, like maybe around about pick 12 or pick 11 or something mm. like that, if he wasn't an academy player and teams would obviously know that Collingwood will just snap him up. So, yeah. but, um, but this is all sort of um, based on your thinking that Adelaide need a rebounding defender. Yes, yeah, so I, I'm thinking that, you know, they probably will have a go at Isaac Quainer there because he would be a really good fit if Collingwood didn't yeah. match Looking at the, the guys that are still on the board, he's probably in the conversation. Mm. I'm still not convinced Adelaide would be looking at a rebounding defender as top of the list of things they mm-hmm. need at that point. Um, Again, midfielders were top of the priority, but having filled that with Jai Caldwell to some yep. extent... Yep. I think they could also do with um, some forwards. Yep, well... I'll answer that right now because Collingwood have taken Isaac Quainer. Adelaide are thinking, right, we need someone in the forward line, like a general forward um, who can play small, who can play tall, someone who can do the, you know, the impossible. Eddie Betts isn't getting too young, or well, much younger. Um, so I suggest he's not getting any younger. <laughs> also true. Um, Sam Sturt for me. Now, he's one of the big bolters. Um, uh, he's just ridiculously classy as a left footer um, he can take big marks um, he finished like top 10 for agility and 20 meter sprint test so he's a real athlete um, and you know he, I think he was in one of the uh, cricket programs as well and quite often when you get those I think he was smashing it in the cricket yeah, program um, when you get those guys who are you know top of two sports as well it brings some different aspects to their game you know they're athletic if they're top of two sports exactly um and, you know, maybe this is reaching a little bit because maybe he could potentially fall if um, Adelaide don't pick him to somewhere around, you know, the early 20s. Mm. But I think Sam Sturt would be a perfect fit for Adelaide. They've picked up Jai Caldwell. They've helped their midfield out. They pick up Sam Sturt. They really bring something different to their forward line. Yeah, I like this a lot more than Quainel for them, to be honest, because I think their forward line needs something. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Eddie Betts isn't getting any younger. Yep. Um Jenkins is surprisingly old. He is, yeah. Um, they they picked Tex up. Tex is, uh, is is getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Lynch is getting there. He is, yeah. They've got a lot of old forwards, not mm. old, but or older, older so. forwards. And I'm not quite sure what the next generation is with their forward line. Mm. Um, Miller, they sent to the back line this year. Yep. So I see their forward line being more of an area of need. It's completely escaped me, but they did pick up a really good young key forward last year around about Quite pick 11. Possibly, I might have been forgetting. Uh, but, um, oh, Darcy Fogarty. Darcy Fogarty, that's the one. And he looks like a real powerhouse, but he needs help. Uh, and yeah. Sam Sturt, while he's not a key forward necessarily, he's he's just something special. Yeah. yeah. And Darcy Fogarty, I could see also missing a fair bit of time with suspension because mm-hmm. he's just an angry man <laughs> yeah. on the field. It's so good watching Darcy Fogarty. <laughs> he's such an angry he man. wrecks players. He does. But he does. as soon as he gets taught to not wreck the players but wreck the contest... He'll be... He oh, will be almost he'll unstoppable. He'll be the guy that defenders will be looking at. They'll be going into contests scared he's going to be coming up behind mm. them. All right, so we'll move on to the next pick, and that is Fremantle. Now, you're a Fremantle fan. Oh, yep. All right, I'll ask you a quick question. What do you think one of Frio's needs are? 
What do you before the trade period? I would have said key position forwards mm-hmm. um, would be our one, two, and three needs. Yeah, probably <laughs> one, two, and you picked up one, two, two. I think three, no, two, but two of the better ones going around. Yeah, so I'm pretty comfortable with our um, our spine now, mm-hmm. to be honest. So yeah. I think it's the out the um, the smaller players. Um, with Lockie Neal leaving going. really hurts, doesn't it? Blakely, obviously, probably moves into that position. Mm-hmm. We got Brayshaw last year. We could probably do with some classy ball users mm-hmm. because, um, let's be honest, we're not great at moving the ball. All right. Well, how do you like the sound of a uh, player who won the best and fairest at the TAC Cup, averaging 22 disposals, five clearances, um, looking to bolster your inside midfield and is a very classy user of the ball as well? Sign me up. That would be Liam Stocker. So this kid is absolute gold where you're picking him up. Um, I think he's a great long-term replacement. And I don't like using replacements after you lose a player necessarily. Um, But sometimes when you have a player as good as Lockie Neal, you do need to have a contingency plan there. Blakely will be very, very good again inside midfielder. Brayshaw will be very good in there in the Mm. future. Um, And uh, Chera... I still see playing more of a, um, you know, bursting out of clearances and outside role where he can really use his skills. Oh, I agree. I um, don't see him being a pure inside, more of a mix. Yeah, and Stocker just has this strength of character as well. I mean, he's uh, very smart. Um, he's incredibly mature. Um, and mm. he's one of those prospects that you'd love to have at your club. <coughs> um, he's ready to go as well. He's mm. incredibly tough. I just love the look of this kid. Yeah. I think he'd be a great pick for I, Fremantle. I think it's a massive tick in his favour that he missed the <clears throat> under-18s carnival with a... I think it was a broken jaw. Mm-hmm. And yet he's still had that good a year that he's being talked about as a um, first-round <clears throat> pick. So, And also, he won the TAC Cup um, Best and Ferris, Best and Ferris mm-hmm. over Walsh. Yeah, exactly. Which is, which is huge. That, I think that's the only award Walsh didn't win mm. this year. So I've got big raps on Liam Stocker, and I think you guys have done great to pick him up here in the draft. Uh, the next pick, uh, we're looking at... Oh, who have we got Port. next? Uh, Port Adelaide. Um, and Port Adelaide, again, a little bit hard to read here. And at this point of the draft, and I'll get this out of the way early, there are a lot of midfielders. There is a huge wait before you get to sort of the next best like forwards, um, yeah. uh, like especially key forwards, the, the, key defenders. The key position guys go early this draft, and, and then there's and a, then there's a lot of midfielders. And mm. I think Port Adelaide they could do with a decent, classy outside midfielder after having lost like Pollock, yeah. um, having lost Pittard as well. Mm-hmm. And they're going to take Zach Butters with this pick. Um, now I really like Zach Butters as well. He's he's very quick. He got really good endurance. Um, he was averaging. I think just on 20 disposals as well over 12 games for the Jets. Um, And probably one of the best things to watch about him is just how clean he is with the ball with his distribution. So he's that perfect outside player that players like Haightley are going to clear the ball out to from a contest. He's going to deliver it into the forward line. So something like Haightley out of the middle to Zach Butters distributing it to Max King, marking in the forward line. That could be the future for Port Adelaide, which um, it's a pretty pretty impressive future, I gotta say. Well, it's very very interesting, but you know they traded up in the draft and they've got a lot of good picks. So yeah, I, I agree, they can probably do with some outside class. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Butters is class. Yeah, Butters. He, he's a 
Um, he's a meters gained player, mm-hmm. which is what the AFL love. It's what Pollack was. Um, he's agile. Um, yeah. He's got high impact per um, possession yeah. as well. He's actually a really good replacement for um, Jared Pollock. Yeah, I you know I I thought about that a little bit, but you know, and I know you say you don't like going replacement, but direct replacements, but he is a re- if he were to go there, he'd be a really good replacement mm. in the next few years. So Zach Butters at pick eighteen to Port Adelaide. All right, nineteen, another South Australian team, Adelaide. I mean, really, how many picks have they, they had in the first twenty? It's insane. Yeah. Um, all right, again, we've already talked about this. They do still need some mids. Um, they need some mids who can do something different as well, because like I said, they have had a lot um, of you know pure inside bustling midfielders. Uh, mm-hmm. And they also want some... I think they could really use a little bit of leadership as well um, yep. in and around that midfield and in and around that team too. They did seem to look a little bit... You know, down and out this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think they're going for a young 18-year-old Xavier Dersma. With oh, okay. one, of, one of the coolest names in the competition, by the way. <laughs> um, and he is something uh, something pretty cool, actually. So, uh, he was averaging 22.8 disposals in the TAC Cup. Averaged 5.2 tackles as well. I mean, that's incredible numbers over the entire TAC Cup. Um, so, And they need... He, he's often been talked up as having one of the best leadership qualities of anyone in this draft as well, hmm. which is a hu- considering some of the players that are in this draft, yeah. and there are a lot of top players. He's got a lot of good leaders in this draft mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know, he's being talked up as one of the best of them. So I think that could be really something that would that would really help Adelaide and really you know maybe push them back up to that next level again. Um, so yeah, Xavier Dersma. It's really hard to say who he plays like because he's a great inside and outside player. Mm. Um, he's got a real good mix to him. Uh, but, I mean, when he's inside, he sort of looks a little bit like Trent Cotchin. Um, okay, then. Uh, a little bit, but he, he spreads more to the outside than Trent Cotchin does. So it, it really is hard to say. Cool, cool. I've got to say, he's not one I know an awful lot about, mm-hmm. so I'll yeah, take I, your recommendation. There. I really like Xavier Dersma. Could be a bit of a reach, but again, you know... I, I still feel that he's going to be a terrific player. Um, all right, now we're coming up to Richmond. We all know that Richmond are interesting uh, with their picks, to say the least. Uh, especially, they always seem to have, like at least over the past couple of years, a pick around about nineteen or eighteen or something like that. I believe you'll find that's because they've done quite well. Yes, yes. So they have done quite well over the last couple of years, and they've also traded down. I think a year before when they didn't do particularly well, uh, when they finished yeah, ninth possibly, again. I'm not sure. um, so they're going to take. Uh, no, uh, a really tough inside, you know, uh, really hard at it player. And they're going to put a bid in on Riley West mm. uh, from the Bulldogs, or I say from the Bulldogs, but um, uh, <laughs> son, of, son of Scott West from the Bulldogs, and he absolutely will end up there. They're going to match that bid, no hesitation whatsoever, and they are going to get a really, really strong player. I mean, he tackles like almost no one else in this competition. Like, there's a couple of really good tacklers in this comp. Yeah. But he is really strong inside. Um, he's He was averaging 22 disposals as well. So, again, a really good possession getter. He can come in and play as a forward yep. uh, for a little while. He's but, got good leap, doesn't yeah. he? I think he's a really good... Again, I'm using the word replacement, but I think he really fits into that Luke Dalhouse role that the Bulldogs have just lost. Hmm. Um, and it you never know. You never know. It may free up like McLean to be in the midfield more yep. as a result of Riley West coming in and playing in the forward line. So I would like to see McLean play more midfield minutes than forward minutes. 
minutes personally. Me too, yeah. Um, and he can take a good mark as well. Surprisingly, Riley West can take a good mark. Yeah. Um, now, th- this is one where I'm, I'm a little torn mm-hmm. because I feel like the Bulldogs don't really need more inside midfielders. No, but they're not going to miss out on but Riley West. He's, I, I agree, he's too good for them to... Yeah. He, I don't see him as being something they need. I mean, it's good he can play in the forward line, uh-huh. but that's not his natural position. Mm. He can just do it. I suppose the other thing is, like I said before, there, there are maybe... A, there's a defender here or there. There's maybe a rock forward that we'll talk about in a yeah. little bit. But realistically, there's a lot of mids. Yeah. And, and he's one of the best ones left at this stage. Exactly. And I really like what he can bring to and, the and conversation. I do like the romanticism of him going to the Bulldogs. Oh, absolutely. But um, I am still a little torn on the needs factor here. Yeah, but, I, I, I But agree. I can't see him going anywhere else next week, to be honest. Agreed. All right. So uh, that's, that's done and out of the way. So Richmond still have their pick to go. They're not 100% sure who they're going to go with. But I think that a draft bolter is going to catch their eye in Chase Jones. Now, Chase mm-hmm. Jones is... I mean, it's really hard to sort of explain how good this guy is and how good he's been since, like... I mean, he was he's almost been around about that top 10 to 15 calculations after, you know, coming from nowhere. Like, he was on not many recruiters' lists. didn't even know his name was midway through the year. No, uh, and he was playing for the Allies, um, averaged 21.5 disposals there, 6.8 tackles, which is huge. That's nuts, yeah. Um, uh, and he, um, in the, uh, I think it was round one or round two of the carnival against, um, it was either Vic Country or uh, Vic Metro. Vic Metro. Um, he kicked two goals and had like 28 disposals, seven tackles and five inside 50s. That's a pretty good day of the office. It was stupidly good. I mean, and he's just shown that now and then, like in a lot of games. So, mm. I think having something like that at Richmond would be really, really good. Having someone who can play outside, who can play inside, who can, you know, be very, very flexible, because that's what Richmond seem to be. They seem to be a team where you are, uh, if you can't play you two gotta, or three roles. Yeah, you got to play multiple roles. And he can play on the flanks as well. Mm-hmm. He can play on the flanks, he can play inside if necessary, yep. he can accumulate, but he's also a good one touch player too. So he makes. His disposals count. And to be honest, Richmond can probably take a bit of a punt because of how strong their list is. Mm-hmm. And he also builds their depth again, which they obviously um, got rid of a little bit of that depth during the trade period. So yep. I quite like him in this spot. No. Uh, all right, so the next pick is Brisbane at 22. And I think you might kick up a little bit of a fuss about this one, actually, Matt. Okay. Um, I'm going with Jez McLennan. McLennan. Who is a very, very good intercepting and rebounding defender. Now, mm. uh, I almost guarantee that your argument will be, do they need a intercepting and rebounding defender? And for me, I say yes. I think they do need a really good general defender. So, um, they've got Witherden down there. Yep. Uh, they've got some good... He's not an intercepting, though. He's no, just a rebounder. He's a rebounder, yeah. Yeah. Jez McLennan, I feel, will be that guy playing the the very modern defender role of being loose mm-hmm. and picking up those you know inside fifties and getting those intercept marks and then delivering it to Alex Witherden. Just trying to think, who else have Brisbane got in their backline? Uh, 
Jeez, the entire Brisbane list is escaping me right now. Pretty much. Um, um, Cutler, but he's played more forward. Yeah, he was played more forward and all, and a little bit off the wing as well. Yeah, they've got a lot recently. of tall defenders that are kind of almost medium sized. Yeah, but this guy is much better at uh, reading the play yeah. and taking that mark in the air. So they've got a lot of defenders who are great at getting a fist to the ball and spoiling the contest. Yeah. But they don't really have a lot of players like this. And I think it's a really good pickup for Brisbane. Because again, they, they've done well in drafts previously. They've got Lockie Neal over to the club this year. Mm-hmm. You know, Do they necessarily need a lot of the midfielders that are around this I, mark? I like their, their midfield. It needs time mm-hmm. to develop, but I do like their midfield. Um, but yeah, I really like Jess McLennan at this pick. Yeah, I, I don't hate it actually. Um, I'm, I'm very surprised. I thought you were going to absolutely hate no, this. No, because I'm kind of thinking... There is a Brisbane defender that I've got in mind who's only got probably one year left in him mm-hmm. who plays a bit of an intercepting and rebounding role in Luke Hodge. Yeah, that's true. So, very, very interesting. And Jez McLennan could move into that sort of... And I'm really struggling to think of any other defenders <laughs> there that actually intercept and rebound. I know Nick Robertson certainly doesn't. Oh, God, no, he doesn't. Um, um, do they have any other defenders? Oh, they do. They do. It's escaping us, but, again, I think that... Even with the defence that they've got at the moment, he would be a great pickup for them. Um, all right, so for GWS, next pick. Uh, now, need... This is the final pick around one? Uh, no, this is technically the second last <coughs> pick around one, and we'll split the podcast in two from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but because West Coast do have an end of first uh, round of pick. Um, so uh, we've got GWS at 23. I think they need a little bit of X Factor. They need a little bit of someone who can produce something incredibly special through the midfield and in the forward line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going with Ian Hill at this pick. Oh, I forgot he was still on the board. Yeah, yeah. A lot. He's going to fall in this draft. I can almost guarantee that he's going to be picked up around about 18 to 22. If Fremantle might take a punt on him, but that's a big punt considering you know he's had a few issues off field. He's had... Um, you know, he, he's mainly just had injury issues. Hasn't uh, he? No, actually, sorry, it wasn't off field. It was um, shoulders. Uh, it was an, yeah, there was a shoulder, and also he was suspended for a game as well. Uh, but it was, right. it was for an on yeah, something. it was for an on field thing. Uh, that's probably unfair of me to say. Uh, but casting aspersion, he's casting aspersion. Uh, but he has been a bit, you know, inconsistent. He's been underwhelming. Yeah, this year. Um, he's he's a human highlight reel. Everyone seems to say that, um, but I. I still think he falls a little bit. I think Fremantle could do much better in this draft than necessarily picking a up third a third hill. hill for the romanticism. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I think that he'll fall just a little bit. And and it would be a great pickup for GWS. Yeah, I think they would, they'd be very happy if they got him there. They'd be wrapped there. So uh, we move on to the last pick of the first round, which is West Coast picking up that... Uh, in the trade for Scotty Lysett. Yep. Um, and I think West Coast have got a pretty balanced list, to be honest. Uh, they could probably use some more midfielders, especially after the youngster like Luke Partington has been delisted, hasn't you know been as good as we hoped. Um, and you can't go much better than captain of the dominant South Australian team this year, Luke Valenti. Yeah, I thought you might go Valenti. Yeah, I've got a bit of a man crush on Luke Valenti, to be honest. Do. And they're... Was a big chance when I was doing this uh, draft that either Port Adelaide or Adelaide took him at eighteen or nineteen. See, I thought that you were going to give him to Port at eighteen. Zach or Butters, Adelaide is, at Zach Butters is a better player than Luke Valenti, <clears throat> and Xavier Dersma is a better player than Luke Valenti as well in terms of what he can bring to your team. Luke Valenti is just a consistent player, great leader. He's kind of like a Sam Mitchell sort of player. He's you know. Yeah. 
not it's those intangibles. Yeah, exactly. And it's the ability to play on both sides of his body as well, yeah. which is something that not too many players bring in this uh, draft. So he is something a little bit different. He'll help, you know, uh, West Coast to young midfield or the youngsters in the midfield. Um, and he'll be a real leader of the future, I think. Yeah, and I, I like the uh, midfield for West Coast. I think it is an area they still need to stock up on, and they did quite well stocking up on tools in the last draft. Yeah. So, and mids is the way exactly. To go. Um, so, I, I think that's a good pick. Um, so, what we're going to do now—that is the end of the first round. Before we do, oh, oh, I was going to say, do you want me to just run through the uh, the picks? All right, do it, do it, do it, do it. Uh, so, pick number one to Carlton is Walsh. Pick number two to uh, Gold Coast is Lacocious. Pick three to Gold Coast, Rankin. X-Factor. Pick four to St. Kilda, Rosie. Also X-Factor. Pick five to uh, Port, Max King. Pick six to Gold Coast, Smith. Pick seven to Sydney is Blakey. Pick eight to the Dogs is the other King. Pick nine to Adelaide is Caldwell. Pick ten to GWS, Clark. Pick eleven to Port is Haitley. Pick twelve to North is Thomas. Pick thirteen to GWS, Collier Dawkins. Mm-hmm. Pick 14 to Geelong is Taylor. Pick 15 to Collingwood is Quaynor. Pick 16 to Adelaide is Sam Sturt. Pick 17 to Frio is Stocker. 18 to Port, Butters. 19 to Adelaide, Dursma. Dursma. 20 to the Dogs is West. 21 to Richmond is Jones. 22 to Brisbane is McLennan. 23 to GWS Hill. And rounding out the first round, 24 to West Coast your man, Valente. My boy. All right, so we're going to break the podcast in half there, and we're going to be back to give you the second round of the draft as well. That's all we're doing because, oh, God. <laughs> We've already reached the limit of players, I know. So. Oh, my God. So we'll be back with the second round in the next part of the podcast. Join us then.